Welcome to CruxCast. Whether you're in your car, at work, or at home, we hope you enjoy this interview. And if you do, you can find more like it on cruxinvestor.com. So please subscribe. We caught up earlier today with Paul Hewitt, CEO of Corolla Resources, formerly RNC Minerals. He talks us through 2020 and plans for 2021. And if you want our thoughts and opinions on that conversation, their plans, their achievements, and the company itself, you can get that at cruxinvestor.com forward slash club, where you can also find detailed company reports. You can find commentary from experts from around the world on a variety of companies and commodities. There are training videos on there to help you with your diligence and uh, assessment of your own investments. There are summaries of other interviews that we've done just to save you a little bit of time. And of course, there's a thriving community of investors sharing their thoughts and ideas with each other in a nice, safe environment. So do go and join them at cruxinvestor.com forward slash club. Paul, how are you doing, sir? Hey, Matt, how have you been? Not too bad, not too bad. I'm, I'm still recovering, still in therapy after the abuse you gave me online last time, if I'm honest. Yeah, listen, um, last time we spoke, I, I actually got some bad news for you, actually. Uh, sorry, I got to give it to you right at the beginning of the story, but um, the results from your drug test came back. We need to speak after this call. I'll just leave it at that. <laughs> <laughs> fantastic, fantastic. Oh, God. Okay, there's going to be a short one then. Uh, <laughs> short. And uh, I, I got to tell you, um, I didn't realize I'd said that. My staff here say, you know, you say that to us sometimes. And I'm like, well, sometimes I think it's meaningful. Um, but I got a lot of banter after um, questioning you on that afterwards from, yeah. from a lot of people. A lot of people. Um, uh, I guess got a bit of a chuckle out of it anyhow. They, they did, they did. Thank you, thank you very much. But it's always a delight as ever to see you. So, uh, you ready for this? I am. Look, I am. Yeah. So, uh, how do you want to start? Well, I think. Look, I, I think. Look, we, we always refer to you uh, as the turnaround story of 2020. Okay, we we met September 29, 2019, rather. You said you told me what you're planning then. I liked it, but you needed to do it, okay? And in 2020, if we're looking back now, you've achieved a lot of things. So I'm gonna go easy with you initially, and we're gonna start with a review of what you think you've achieved this year. So what do you got? Okay, well, look, that's a good question. I'll, I'll try to summarize 2020 in a snapshot at a higher level here. So look, it, there's no doubt it's been a banner year. And, and let, let's just talk about some of the things we had to overcome in the year. We, we started with fires. We had floods. Uh, we all, the world is dealing with COVID and still to this day. So despite all those challenges, here's what we managed to do. We've, we've made tremendous changes in the organization from the shareholder base. We have a lot of great institutional shareholders. In fact, just before this call, I was updating a large shareholder who owns, he, uh, he said to me, Paul, I own 4 million shares, completely transparent. Here's the amount I own. Um, thank you for the update. We're going to continue to add to our position. You guys are, all your fundamentals are in place. You're doing what you said you'd do, Mr. Hewitt. So uh, that's just one of many of the institutions that we have in place. So we, we've changed the shareholder base. We've made tremendous changes to the board. We've made changes to the executive team. And look, we've, we've changed our focus. We, we've got control of our company now. You know, I've said many times it's our first year and it is our first year. We were a nickel company a year ago when I joined Royal Nickel Company. Um, now it's Corora Resources. We are focused on gold. We, we divested the last remaining nickel asset. And look, I know I've said this before, but it was, despite only owning 28%, it was very costly for my shareholders. 
the, the, we had to pay a lot of the fixed costs. We're saving about $2 million a year in GNA every year. And we get to participate in the upside here. Nickel prices go up. You know, we got $11 million on day one when we did the deal. That $11 million was properly placed into the hands of one of the royalties that we negotiated. You talk about a good year, three separate royalties. You know, man, I've got companies calling me, asking me, hey, Mr. Hewitt, um, can you come help us renegotiate a royalty? You guys not only did one, not two, you did three of them. We successfully got Morgan Stanley corrected at, at Higginsville, Matt. We finally worked a great deal with uh, Mavericks in a partnership, a long-term partnership. We removed the 3% royalty at our new Spargo's property that we had those phenomenal drills. So all those royalties, they, they contributed tremendously to our new resource and reserve. All the cost savings we have done on GNA. On, on improvements on productivities, on the royalties, on renegotiating with our top 20 vendors, those things that we said we would focus on when I first met you. I said, look, there's four things we will do. We kept doing them. They had a huge, huge contribution to this new resource and reserve statement that we put out, what, yesterday, two days ago, three days ago, just, just came out here. Um, thinking about other things, what are some of the other things we did? Let's talk about our share price. Everybody wants to know our share price. I had somebody look uh, at our share price from January 1st till yesterday's point. So depending on which day you pick, our Corora share price is inflated anywhere from 75 to 85% in, in our maiden year. So look, that, that's a phenomenal year as far as I'm concerned, outpacing a lot of other groups. Um, we, we did the share consolidation. And what did that do for us? What did it do for our shareholders? It, it doubled the daily dollar-wise liquidity. So on a, we were trading $2 million a day. For us to get even retail or institutional shareholders, they're looking for liquidity. Can I get in? Can I get out when I need to? Can I buy this stock? We're trading over $4 million a day now. We have doubled our liquidity since doing that. It's helped us on many fronts because Many of the funds needed that dollar threshold for their accounts, and then they needed the $2 threshold for margin accounts. The last two days since we announced the resource and reserve update, Matt, we've traded over $20 million of stock in two days. That would have taken us before 10 days to trade. So we're seeing a lot of liquidity come up. We, we finalized the acquisition of Spargo's, like Look, we, 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 we got Spargo's at such a discount for our shareholders. I, I'm so thrilled with that. We put out the, the drill hole results. What was it? 29.8 gram across 19 meters, uh, followed up by another hole. What was it? Uh, 27 at 15 meters. So there, there's some phenomenal opportunity here. And, and that Spargo's was excluded, Matt, from the new resource and reserve. We did not have time to include it, and we can talk about that afterwards. Let's just finalize 2020 and some of the things we've done. Um, top of my head, we, we added three new analysts. We added Cormark as a new analyst. We added Canaccord. They just come out with their new report, and GMP Stifle. Look, this is during COVID. Now, we managed to add three research analysts. They didn't even get to come to site. I've been in the business for 33 years now. It is challenging to get an analyst to launch coverage, to put his name on a piece of paper saying, here's where they are, here's what I believe that is, here's a target price. 
he's putting his reputation out there as well. That firm is putting out their reputation and it shows a, a target price. Most of them have actually increased them, but it also signals that, look, we're open for business. We're not tied to one bank. Corora is not just tied to one bank. We have, we, and we're demonstrating that by reaching out to other bankers and saying, look, whoever gives us the best deals, we're going to be working with those bankers. We don't have some tail agreements with any bankers, which is an important thing. Oh, one other thing that we did is we, we initiated, we got approved by the board, the NCIB program, and we've been using the NCIB program. I think uh, to date, I think we're right around three hundred thousand uh, dollars. But look, look, let's 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 talk about that. We we said we didn't like giving up that million dollars to Remelius. We've been taking that money and buying it back. You know, in order to do the deal, we had to give up that equity, and we weren't fine with it. We agreed it was a compromise. We needed the deal done. That's what we were fine with. We didn't like issuing the equity. So what we're doing is we're buying it back at a lower rate. So we're getting more shares for the same price. So. That is very helpful for our shareholders. Um, I, look, I know there's a lot of other things that we did in 2020, uh, but this really gives you a good summary of it's been a busy year. It's our first year. So the things we told people we would do, we are getting done. No, I, I can absolutely say that. I mean, the one thing I, 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 well, a couple of things I'd add there would be um, paying down some debt and obviously what's going on with, with the mill, which I, I suspect we'll talk, talk about in a second. But the other thing that you said to me in possibly a couple of interviews ago was that you were going to unleash the beast. So do you think oh. you've done that? Yeah. So listen, I, I've heard that comment as well. I actually had to go back and review the video and I did say it's time to unleash the beast. Let's talk about that in context. Of course, a beta hunt to me is the beast. Um, the first half of the year, we, we were negotiating a deal with another group. We were not actively mining in the entire mine and taking advantage of the entire operation. We started after we after we negotiated a deal, what did we start doing? We started actively mining in those areas near the, call it the Father's Day. Everybody wants to hear it's Father's Day. We call it coarse gold because there's much more than Father's Day. And upon initially mining there, we, we announced a discovery of 2,000 ounces. It increased to 2,500 ounces. I, I think we're struggling to get it through the Perth Mint, to be honest. I've been recently told that uh, for COVID reasons, we're unable to sell it, which which could be problematic, but it might trickle into the next quarter. I'm hoping it gets sold this quarter, uh, but we're actively mining in those areas now, and the whole 2021 will continue to actively be mining in there rather than mining in it just for four months of the year. We're going to be mining those areas throughout the year, learning it, understanding it, but look, I know, I know that I said that in context, unleash the beast. We're going to mine those areas. You always got to remember that this company is not dependent on it. And I'll tell you what, if I walk into a room with a bunch of institutional shareholders and I say, I'll unleash the beast, the first thing out of their mouths is, you better not be relying on that, Paul. If you're telling me, Mr. Hewitt, that my investment is reliant upon you intersecting that, then I'm, I'm, not, I'm not so confident anymore, Paul Hewitt. So I have to balance this whole thing. We're mining it. We're going to continue mining it. But you have to respect that those institutions need to know that we can make money without it. If we cannot make money without it, they're not here. And, and how many questions were we getting in the beginning? Why are there no institutions here? Why are they not liking this story? They're here now. 
Do we want them to leave? We need to continually deliver like we have been, deliver at a pace that's consistent to demonstrate that we're on track, we're in control, we're delivering, we're making money. You know, I heard a comment, well, you know, when are you going to do more than 8,000 ounces a month? Uh, it's 24,000 ounces. It's almost boring. Yeah, it's boring to make money. Uh, it's as simple as that. It is hard to do 24 to 25,000 every month. Um, next year, look, we're going to put out the plan next year for the production mat early in the year. And, and here, bear with me here. We put out the resource and reserve two days ago. In order to put out a mine plan, we have to have a resource and reserve. It's the end of the year. We've got people actively working on this, but we could not develop a mine plan for 21 without having this new resource and reserve statement. And like I said earlier, Spargo's was excluded from the resource and reserve. That grade, Matt, could be higher than our underground at Beta Hunt. And our tons are equally distributed, 50% Higginsville, 50% uh, Beta Hunt. But the grade at Beta Hunt is always about 2.6 or 2.8. This could be higher, an open pit, higher than our underground. So, look, we got some exciting things. I know I, I might have spun this a bit around on Unleash the Beast, but we're actively mining in those areas. And, and look, nobody's happier about intercepting coarse gold than us. Uh, balancing it, mining it together with everything is really, really important and not just trying to cherry pick that uh, because I will lose shareholders. That guy that I spoke to uh, before this call who owns 4 million shares, his firm, I know this person very well from over a decade. They won't be in this story if we're just targeting and have these boom bust quarters all over the board. They want to see consistency. They want to know you can do it. They want to know they can predict this. It's hard to have predictability in underground mines. We're actually showing that we can do it here. Okay, look, I, look, I, I buy the consistency thing, and as a former institutional guy, f- for sure, I, I, I don't want you sporadically, occasionally hitting course gold. It's exciting for a couple of days, but at the end of the month, the numbers aren't there. That's no good to me. So I, 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 I get that. But Unleash the Beast to me is more than beta hunt. And I think the picture that you need to paint is one of what's going to happen in 2021, because you spent, I think, a lot of time doing admin in 2020, dealing with royalties, renegotiating with, uh, with, with suppliers, changing personnel and stuff, dealing with, you know, fight, uh, fires, floods and COVID. It, it seemed unintentionally distracted. Do you think you put the right building blocks in place this year to allow you to truly unleash the beast. And by unleash the beast, I mean increase production meaningfully. So look, when we think of what happened in 2020, let's face it, we bought we bought Higginsville. We didn't buy an asset that was running perfectly and purring. This wasn't a Cadillac that you just put gas in and drive down the street. There were a lot of operational issues that we had to overcome at the mill, uh, the labs, um, the uh, the we we changed the whole mining. We had to do so many things in 2020 to get our business right, to set the stage right. Our business, and then that's Higginsville. You think about Beta Hunt. Beta Hunt, when I joined, it was closed. It was under care and maintenance. We were doing a drill program. We weren't even mining. We had on the heels of Father's Day. We we started a drill program. There was no production, and it was toll milling. 
toe milling is a big risk. So talk about putting the fundamental blocks. We are now in a position in 2021 to start mining. We've been mining, but now we have put the blocks in place, the fundamentals, so that we can actually really take advantage of these things. And look, again, I'm not telling you the production numbers because we don't have them solid yet, and they got to be approved by the board. But there's no doubt it's going to be an increase from here. It's going to step up. Um, what's, what's equally important, or in, in my mind, more important, is what we talked about on the heels of this resource and reserve statement is the new growth plan. We're going to be putting out a growth plan in 2021, and it's going to come in the first quarter. We've never had one. And look, it's our first complete reserve statement in the company's history. We had a reserve at Beta Hunt last year. We now have a reserve at Higginsville and the whole company. We didn't have one before. So on the heels of that, we're going to be putting out a growth plan. And, and, and obviously, I've been involved in the thing. It's not completed. We've got more work to complete, uh, but it's going to be something pretty exciting for Cheryl. Once people see our organic growth plan, it's going to be, we've set the stage here now by all those things we've done, reducing royalties, reducing costs, bringing in the right people, all acquiring the right things, and, and, and actually getting the mill where it needed to be. Again, when we bought HGO, it wasn't purring like a kitten here. It wasn't running really smooth. Why do you think we got it for $50 million? We got it that cheap because it had problems. That simple. We've addressed the problems, we've fixed them. We're set now. We have the stage is set for us to really start mining um, and focus on mining rather than all these other things that we've been we've been so occupied in dealing with. We, we there was a lot to deal with in 2020 that we had to clean up on an executive standpoint. Yeah, no, okay. That makes sense. I guess you have a track record of doing what you say which is good. I think people want to see you focused on the right things next year, which is the drilling, the, the, the you know, find, finding finding gold on, in underground there with the multiple assets that you've got. But, you know, that that's easier said than done. Can I just ask you, though, because we, I was looking at the uh, reserves and resource uh, number upgrade, which, by the way, you know, fantastic. Nice numbers there. Very impressive. But um, Higginsville's been split into central and, and greater. Why, why, why have you done that? Just to Clear that up. Okay, so so let me let me get to that. Let, let, let's talk about the entire thing. Then I'll I'll, I'll 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 respond to your question. So the new reserve statement that's come out here again. I know I'm repeating myself. I've been in mining 33 years. I've probably put out in the last 20 years from four different companies reserve statements every year. Never in my lifetime have I ever seen a reserve grow this big in one year. And and the reserve is growing because. The royalties were reduced because the costs are down, uh, because we drilled. They're not, they're not all growing because of metal price. It's because of all the things that we've done, which is a very, very important thing. Now, we've got approximately 1.3 million ounces of 2P reserve. That, that's an, that's a out, that far exceeds what I expected. Now, we were only drilling. We had five months away from this year of drilling here. We're going to get those back in 2021. We're going to be able to drill a lot more. We had an absence of drilling for five months, and yet we still managed to have such a massive increase in 2P reserve at our entire Western Australian operations. I think I'm, I'm getting a final report here, but the cost per ounce in, in 2P reserve is going to be in the low teens. That is very, very cheap for, our, for us, for our shareholders, 
Um, we couldn't have asked for better results. Now to your question, Higginsville Central and Higginsville Greater. Where we're going to be mining in the next two years now, we're going to be mining in the Higginsville Central, and that's important. Now, Higginsville Central excludes Spargos that is going to be included in 21. Um, those ounces and tons and grade are not included in that Higginsville Central. So they're going to be in addition to that material that's in the Higginsville grader, we're going to have another year or two of drilling before we decide where we're going to be mine planning or executing. So we have plenty of time to determine or replace that lower grade material with some more higher grade material. Um, so it's important that they, we understand Higginsville Central is the block around the mill. The grader is beyond that, anything beyond that. So that, that's how we categorized it. Okay, and, what, and also you've excluded beta, um, sorry, uh, Spargos and Beta Hunt um, Larkin as well. So again, is this because you just don't know enough yet? Uh, yeah, so look, um, we, we get to take advantage of the infrastructure that's been there from the nickel mine, and Larkin is a perfect example. So south of the Alp Island Fault, we have infrastructure there that we're able to get to. We could put people in we could actually drill in. There's not enough infrastructure with respect to power and ventilation yet to, to mine there. You're, you're correct in stating that Larkin was also excluded. And, and let's face it, Larkin by itself, what we know already is about almost double the grade. Our, our reserve grade was 2.6. We're mining 2.6 to 2.8. Uh, Larkin is averaging about five gram across 14.4 meters. It is much wider, much higher grade. We're going to do everything we can to accelerate that as well into a plant. We want to be mining in Larkin. We want to be mining in Spargos. Both of them are excluded. Both of them are better grade than what we're currently mining today. Both of them. Right. I mean, that, that's, it's interesting to me that some of these new targets that you're looking at have much higher grades than some of the older targets that, you know, I think people, you know, saw you from, mining from the beginning of mined last year, right? From what we mined last year, right? Absolutely. And look, the other thing, look, when we, we announced Larkin, we we were drilling holes because we founded it in an old drift. We were channel sampling an old drift. Um, we didn't pay anything to go in there. We channel sampled it. We drilled upwards. We hit the high-grade gold. Uh, we extended our holes. We hit new nickel zones. Those nickel zones are meaningful now. That could be $30 to $50 an ounce saving for us. There's no capital for us here. The infrastructure's there. We mine the nickel. We generate a lot of 3,000 tons, anywhere from 2 to 8% nickel. Uh, BHP are thrilled to take that lot. It doesn't disrupt our mill. It has no impact. All it does generates extra cash for us. It reduces our all-unsustaining costs. Again, $30 to $40 to $50 an ounce, depending on how much we mine in a given in a given quarter, and we're discovering much more new nickel. We've discovered the 30C, the 40C zone. So some some real exciting stuff that we got coming up. And again, back to your question. Look, you did a lot of executive things. They're behind you now. Focus on the mining. Um, we had to get the ship straight, get the mill straight, get the underground straight, get all our SOPs, our right people. Uh, we're, we're now in a position to really start delivering on what we were supposed to be doing from the beginning and, and mining. Okay. Well, okay. Understood. We've had over like 200 questions sent in by retail family officers trying to understand what you're up to. I'm not going to 
get into those now, but I want to register the fact that and acknowledge them that people are very, very interested in what you're doing. It's an unusual company from that from that regard. Um, I think what would be useful though is to, and I appreciate you can't, you just got the numbers back a couple of days ago, you can't talk about the mind plan, but in terms of the picture that you're painting for next year, you're talking about we will be able to produce more. What What is the business gonna look like next year? What's your rank given that you can now focus on the business of mining? Yeah, so, so we have to complete uh, the work that we're doing on mill expansion. There, there might be an opportunity for us to take advantage of the existing infrastructure and maybe add a couple million dollars to even increase it from 1.4 million to 1.6. We're, we're really looking at that really, really in the first quarter because we believe that's really low hanging fruit. That's on the heels of a larger mill expansion we've been looking at. We've been, um, we've been running numbers on it and running a special project, but it appears as though we could do a step one, step two. So that steps up the mill for the second half of the year immediately, quickly, while we're finishing the work at a larger mill expansion. With respect to the ounce profile, uh, this year we were 90,000 ounces, we said, uh, 90 to 95,000 ounces. Again, I'm not gonna give you numbers today. I'm gonna tell you we're gonna be mining better grades. Um, but look, we're, we're gonna put out some numbers um, in, in the first, we'll call it January, February, like everybody else, we're not going to put out numbers that we're going to get crucified either. Anytime we put out a number and if we ever miss it, especially in year one or year two, you get crucified. It's not about, oh, there's a forgiveness. You get a quarter forgiveness. That doesn't happen, by the way. If we don't achieve our numbers, um, we're dead in our tracks here. So we've got to make sure that what we say we can do, there's a reputational thing here as well. Like, you, you're getting 200 questions and I believe it because I'm getting a hundred of them separately from the institutions. I love our retail shareholders. I like talking to them. I think a lot of them are brilliant, um, but we have to really pay attention to those institutions as well. When you got eight people uh, that own 16 to $20 million worth of stock every day um, and they're asking us questions, we got to make sure we're, we're responding to them and, and making sure the fundamentals are in place. We've got to make sure our fundamentals are in place and they are in place. So what you're really asking me to tell you is what's the plan for 2021? And I keep saying, look, I just got the reserve and, and give me a bit of a break here, Matt. Uh, it'll be better than 2020. Um, and, and there's not much else I could say, except I will say this. I'll say that we were aggressive in our drilling in 2020 at the rate of around $15 million. And I expect that to increase to... Uh, call it $20 million, all funded from cash flow from operations. Obviously, we have the funds to do this work. Okay, so you've got a lot of retail and institutional guys, um, so retail and family office guys out there who want to know what they should be looking at from you. Because again, a lot of the questions are technically, what are you doing and how are you achieving things around the administration? So administrative components of running the company. But what do you think that you should be judged on next year? Is it just purely ounces out of the ground and, and, and margin? Well, look, any company, there's a lot of factors that a company needs to be judged on. It's safety, it's environmental compliance, ESG. There, you can't, we can't, I can't walk into an office or video conference, um, a, a BlackRock or any other institution without speaking about ESG. It is much, much bigger than just the production. Now, 
the production matters, um, the cost matters, the margins matter, uh, the, the amount of profits you're making, all that matters. Um, we, we have yet to put out that growth plan that I talked about. What, what people we believe want to see is the company's in control. The company's not all over the board. They're not, they're focused. They're, people want to see focused management, de- committed. They're delivering. They're doing what they said they do. These are the things when I, look, we count our meetings. We've had 377 video meetings in the last nine months. It's an outrageous numbers. It's a tremendous amount of numbers, but it's getting our word out. It's getting our message out. We're, we're getting on the radar of a lot of new funds. So they're starting to look at us and, and, that, and that's what they look at. Reputation. Who's at the helm? Can these guys deliver? Um, what have they done? Can, can they continue to do it? Do they have the right asset? Is it in the right location? We tick a lot of those boxes. And again, I, I, I can't exclude ESG, safety, and those things that are very, very meaningful to, to many of our shareholders and to me. Look, you, there's no way I'm going to be at the helm of a company that, that's getting people hurt all the time, that's focused on other things or distracted. It's important that we have a corporate strategy, we follow our strategy, uh, we deliver, um, and we're transparent. Do you think you stand up uh, against your peers finally, or do you think you've still got a ways to go? I think I don't, I don't hang my head too low. I think I'm pretty proud of the accomplishments this team has accomplished. And I will say it is a team. There's, there's a group of us in North America. There's a tremendous group of us in Australia and everyone in this team has been carefully selected and they are very committed. We make the sacrifices. We put in the time uh, we put in our own money. We are very, very devoted to our shareholders um, and we're, we're committed to making sure that Corora continues down the path it has done. Again, um, we get measured on really uh, all those things I talked about. But at the end of the day, people look, well, do I have more money than the day I put in and in, in, in I invested in it? And that's what people are looking at. There, there's, there's always that end of balance where share price matters. It matters. No matter what I say, share price matters. If you put in $10,000, you want to know that you can take out any something more than $10,000. And hopefully it's a significant amount more. So um, that that number I quoted you on year one was was a pretty phenomenal number. Anywhere from 75 to 85% in, in the first year. I suspect we stack higher than the GDXJ and um, and a lot of our peers, and a lot of our peers actually, to be honest. And, and we just got added to another index here last week as well. So all the fundamentals again, are falling in place. The blocks are falling in place. 2021 is going to be a great year for us. We're going to put out that growth plan. It's going to be the start of something very, very exciting for us and our shareholders. Yeah. Well, look, Paul, as ever, I appreciate it. We look forward to having that conversation. I'm interested in your guidance for next year. I'm interested in the plan. I'm interested to see what you do with these higher grades in terms of reducing costs. So, uh, because at the end of the day, we make money when the share price goes up. And that's on you. So we're looking forward to what you do. Well, Matt, um, I wish you the happiest holidays. Um, all my, our shareholders, uh, we thank you for your support. We thank you for your questions. We wish each and every one of you very, very happy holidays. And we look forward to um, speaking to you in the new year. And, and, and we'll have that follow-up call, you and I. It might be a little uncomfortable, maybe privately with, off the air, maybe. <laughs> <laughs>
<laughs> Paul, uh, good wishes to you, your family, and the team. Well done, and we'll, right. we'll see you in the new year. Cheers. Take care, man. Take care. Thank you for listening. If you've enjoyed the interview, why not subscribe to Cruxcast or our website, cruxinvestor.com, and of course, our YouTube channel, Crux Investor. Plus, you can catch us most days on Twitter and LinkedIn. We really love getting your feedback, so please keep it coming, and we'll speak to you again soon.